Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Freddy, also known as Nighty Night. Alongside me on the web, we have David. Spoopy boys. Also known as Nightly. And I do have an announcement. Our beloved head knight, Prince, is on paternal leave at this moment. Here in the middle of August, he's about to have his baby. So Yay. we're super excited about that. Oh, so excited for him. At the time of this podcast being released, he'll probably have his baby already. So congratulations, Prince, when you're hearing this. Congrats, Prince. I'm so happy for you. Grow up but, so fast. Yeah, David, if you want to say anything, go for it. Uh, no, I'm just really happy for Prince. I know I know how much he's looking forward to being a father. And I'm glad that him and the missus finally get to welcome their baby in the world. So best of wishes to them and baby Ellie. And I look forward to having her welcomed into the world. I love it. Welcome, Ellie. I hope you're going to be a big fan of us <laughs> when you grow up and get oh. to listen to us and watch all of the scary, spoopy s- stories with us. I mean, she's got to be. Like, there's no choice. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but you don't have a choice, Ellie. <laughs> you're going to be the first spoopy girl. <laughs> and we welcome you. But we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a what? K. By pledging on Patreon, you will have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry about it. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, continuing our Creature Feature Month, we have a brand new movie that we're going to discuss called The Monster. And first and foremost, David, thoughts? Well, let me give you my thoughts, Freddie, on that beautiful intro. Because I got to say, you killed it. That was smooth. That was sweet. That was buttery. Hey, Very much thank you, thank you. coming into our temporary host. And you killed it. Now, regarding the monster. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Regarding the monster. You know, I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie. And I'm really interested to have <gasps> this conversation with you today. Um because usually we typically always like the movies that we talk about here on the show. But this had me going through some ups and downs. Um, I really wanted this movie to, you know, take some initiative and do something risky. And I felt like I was looking for that the entire time. Um, something that would set this movie apart. Um, I mean, it is a, a creature feature and there's we've seen that time and time again. But I'm always interested to see what makes this one different. Um, I really enjoy the dynamic of the complicated relationship between mother and daughter. And that's what kept me intrigued. Um, It was a complicated relationship where you really saw the low lows. And I wouldn't call them highs, but points of realization where the two of them realize that this is a very unique and very personal relationship that they have with one another and that they can't really replace. Um, So that very much gave me, kept me intrigued. I love the fact that we are really seeing this through the eyes of a young girl, Lizzie. um, And I think that's 
what brought in a lot of the spoops for me. I like that we are very close in the perspective of Lizzie where we get yeah. to feel her fear as a child because um, in this regard, I mean, a kid is a, a kid is going to be more afraid of a monster than an adult is. Granted, when you're facing something like the monster in the monster, whether you're a child or adult, you're going to be scared no matter what, right? That thing is creepy and it eats people. Oh, for sure. But uh, there's something so grounded and genuine with Lizzie's fear. Um, and also very, so much is grounded in her fear of losing her mom, Kathy. Even though we see tidbits of their complicated and abuse-filled relationship, um, Lizzie only has one mom. And if she's looking for protection in the moment, she only has her mom to go to. And when she realizes that this thing can take her mom even though that's something Lizzie has wanted throughout her past is for her mom to go away. Now that she's faced with the reality of it, it scares her more than the monster itself. That I thought Mm -hmm. was very, very interesting, but that's the only thing that held me to this movie that kept me watching. But what about you, Freddie? That's really fair. Um, And that's one of the biggest things too. A lot of people who've seen this movie with like reviews wise are pretty split on it. But I did see that there are a lot of critics love this movie. Oh, okay. I was kind of thinking about that. It's like, I wonder what they saw where the average viewer didn't see. Hmm. And I kind of took this one of those movies is that the monster can be very symbolic about how we can be monsters ourselves as people. Yes. And we kind of see that being the relationship with her mom and also with the, I guess, um, stepdad of Roy or whoever Roy was, boyfriend or whatever he was in that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, She saw that part of her life as a monster itself that terrorized her and the monster ends up being very destructive and basically destroying everything in its path Yeah, and trying to destroy what was innocent. So I took it that way watching the movie. Um, I did say I would, I, I, um, it's hard because I don't want to say I like this movie and I don't want to say I hate it. I'm probably in the middle. I, I, I feel the same way for what it was. Yeah. And I think they are telling a story about relationships of what we have with our families and the troubles that we go through and facing those demons, quote unquote, monsters that are in our lives and being able to tackle that on ourselves. And it's uh, it turned out to be a little bit of a coming of age story in this movie, which mm-hmm. I was really surprised. Yeah. Because like you said, the perspective of this movie, Lizzie is the main character. Not the mom, which is usually the other way around. Exactly. Which I was really surprised. That was the one big unique thing about it too. I think that's the thing that also kept me engaged is that that was the one thing that made it different than every other movie. Because exactly. Because there is a lot of tropes in this movie that I've seen before and I've seen it done better before. Yeah, and I think but, that's where it brought me down. It played it very safe, very old school horror tropes, but it didn't really put a spin on it, right? It kind of relied on its laurels of those. Um Correct, yeah. But with that being said, I totally agree with you with the, you know, there are monsters in her everyday life. And Lizzie has a monologue, I think, in the beginning of the outro of the film where she speaks about monsters are real. My mom says they're not, but they are. And I was looking for that in this film. I did want to see this, this representation of, you know, human behavior being a monster. But it felt like a stretch when I try to see that through this film's lens. When I think about you know, entities being represented as 
human negative energy. I think of things like the Duke, where you really feel like it is a representation of For sure. negative energy. And it's very clear cut to you. But with this, it, it feels just more so creature in the woods, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and again, the relationship that was complicated between this young daughter and this young mother kept it intriguing to a sense to see what they would do with it. But it, it very much just felt like there's a monster in the woods and we're in the wrong place, wrong time. Right. I think the one thing that kind of like saved it from just being that was the flashbacks because they kept on for not force feeding us, but keep on giving us a little more glimpses of their relationship and different moments in their life where they're fighting kind of showing the monstrous side of the mom and how she's trying to redeem herself now and knowing that she does love her daughter and the daughter does love her back. It's just there is this monster in the room that they're trying to battle themselves. And it's addiction. I took that good contrast with what was going on with the film, with the monster, and then their relationship too. Yeah. I was like, cool. I can see what they were going for. But kind of like what you talked about, like the bubble duck, I think they did it a lot better. Yeah. It was a lot more symbolic and it was more meaningful Mm -hmm. where this was just like uh, your standard horror movie with some symbolic traits to it about relationships with our parents or in general about life, which, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, let's let's dive into it. So movie that we covered, The Monster, directed by Brian Bertino, who also directed The Strangers. And we have that episode out. So go check that out as well. It's a good one. It was released. On October 6, 2016, runtime of 1 hour 31 minutes. The budget was only $2.7 million, but the box office did get slammed with a $74,000 box office. Not that great. What? Really? Yeah. Was this but, in limited uh, theaters sense. or where did it release? Probably. Um, being produced by DirecTV, it could have been a direct to home. I haven't done that research, but you guys let me know on Twitter if that's right or not. Uh, but Rotten Tomatoes score, this is where I was telling you about the critics, 81%. Yeah, it's it's pretty high. And I, I'm surprised at such a high rating for this film. Um, but I, I could see where that dynamic of the complicated relationship between the mother and daughter can kind of lift that. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad score, but I totally get it. But let's get into it. So we open to one of my favorite studios title card. A24 did an earth showing that it's a direct TV production. Then a drawing with a coffee cup getting lifted up with a new logo Atlas independent production as well. With the screen opening up from black, we see eerie film strips coming into and showing you with an unbroken pictures being presented. The title cards continue with silence. Then we begin to hear some music and we see the quote appear on the screen. They are hiding and watching. Just wait and see. Oh, there are monsters for you and for me. Which comes from a uh, children's nursery rhyme. I don't know if you've ever heard that rhyme before. but I actually wanted to ask you, have you heard it before, this movie? Not at all. Okay, because I... I, wanna, I, looked, I looked it up. I couldn't find anything. I okay, like, that's... Disappointed. Whenever I see, like, unknown author, I'm always like, did they just make that up for this movie or is that a real thing? But... Hey, if anyone out right. there was like, no, nah, I've heard that before, hit us up on Twitter. Oh, for sure. And it gave like a date too. It was like 1901 or something like that. It 1903. Was like, oh, it was like, and I was like, hmm. 1903? Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is a little sus, but I would love to be proven wrong. 
that's when we hear a child's voiceover come through the movie saying, My mom tells me there's no such thing as monsters, but she is wrong, and they are out there waiting for you, watching in the dark, that you may see them, and sometimes you don't, that she knows that now. Man, powerful opening sequence. Not bad. Mm -hmm. So we open to Lizzie, played by Ella Ballantyne, in her bedroom listening to music off a record player. The camera shows a clock showing 7 a.m. and she's wide awake. The music continues and we get different shots of the room. Then we see her down the hallway with a suitcase. Then she's in the kitchen eating some toast. Then on the ground in the living room writing something in her notebook. The music continues as we know that she is cleaning up a bunch of beer bottles in a big mess around the room. Our first context clue of what situation she's in. She begins washing plates in the kitchen and we cut back to her on the ground writing once again and hears a alarm clock go off. We cut to her waking up her mom Kathy, played by Zoe uh, Kazan. We see uh, Kathy slowly waking up as she asks if she overslept. Lizzie responds, yes. And you said 8 o'clock, and it's 9 a.m. Throughout the scene, we see both of them giving attitude towards each other. David, how did you feel about this, watching this go down, as the first interaction between mother and daughter? Yeah, so I'm very much sensitive to kids being put in a poor situation. I I saw this, and I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be one of those relationships. And... um. Immediately when she started cleaning up the bottles, I'm like, this poor girl, right? She clearly yeah. has been forced to grow up a little too quickly because she's being exposed to what seems like heavy drinking. And I think she's also cleaning up. She's taking care of herself. Uh, and then also that really clicked for me that moment when she was attempting to wake her mom up, right? Um, and I was like, this is sad. This stuff makes me sad. And for some people, it might not be as heavy for them, but... I don't think it'll ever come off through verbal communication how sad it just makes me feel, for lack of a better term. Um, But when um, she wakes her mom up, I literally said out loud, oh, shit, she's young. And it made a lot more sense to me, right? Um, This woman probably had her at a very young age, copes through what seems like it could be substance abuse. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was just like a... A little rager that happened the night before. But if you got a young kid like that, you, that's probably not the environment that's best for your child. Um, so already I'm feeling pretty like depressed watching this. Uh, yeah, it's sad to see. Yeah, exactly. Is this? It, I'm guessing you've seen this film before, right? Before this viewing? Nope. This is my first time watching it. Oh, really? I love this then. This is yeah. going to be a blast. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest things for me while this scene was happening is like you start to learn a lot about Lizzie, how she's pretty much taking care of herself. Yeah. She has to act like an adult, such a early age. And kind of what you said, like the mom is very young, too. You can tell that she definitely had her at a very early age. And I'm assuming that she was not mature enough, unfortunately, to take care of her as well as she could. That Lizzie had to grow up very quickly where she's waking up even as early as 7 a.m., She's packing her bag. She made her own breakfast. She's getting stuff done. She's even like drawing or writing on her notebook. And she's also waking her mother up where it should be the other way around. Mm -hmm. The biggest surprise for me, though, was their attitude towards each other. I was like, damn, watching this for the first time, like, you feel like they don't like each other. There's a lot of hostility there. Yeah, we get to learn more why. I felt out of the movie watching this for the first time, seeing this scene. 
but it makes sense the more we go down the path of the movie. And I'm just like, okay, I see why. Yeah, I could imagine why critics like this film or why it has a, a pretty high rating is um, it doesn't really rely on exposition. You have immediately right off the bat environmental storytelling with the filth- filthiness uh, laying around the living room of the empty beer bottles. And it's Lily that is, I'm sorry, Lizzie, that's um, picking the trash up, right? And also waking her mother yeah. up who's already slept in past an hour. Um, so I'm sure the 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 need to not rely on exposition and just use his environmental storytelling is probably what people like about it. Oh yeah. And then the rest of the movie just fills the gaps with more knowledge later. Exactly. Which, yeah. It's good filmmaking. There's good cinematography in this as well. The shots are very beautifully taken. Yeah. But we get to learn more. As we continue, Kathy asks if she's ready to go and Lizzie says that she has already patched for herself and also for her. Kathy asks where's Roy and he was going to call her. She responds, he's an ass, and to get up. Which is funny. <laughs> uh, Kathy tells her to get in the car, and Lizzie says she should have had Dad pick her up. She storms off and closes the door. We cut to Lizzie playing with a lighter, watching some cartoons, and Kathy comes in and says, sorry, several times. Lizzie just continues to play with the lighter and says, you can't smoke in the car. Kathy, sa- uh, Kathy says, fine, and to give her the lighter. She takes it away, and they both sit in silence. We cut to a new scene of them driving in the car. We get these really nice shots of them outside and in the car. We hear a kid's song start to play, and it's coming from one of her stuffed animals. Her mom says that she's too old for that, and she responds, you're too old for a lot of things. <laughs> the clapback. <laughs> the clapback was hard, uh, too. Yeah, because honestly, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, dude, she's, she's a little—I feel like she is a little too old before that was said. Um, right. But once it was said by her mother, I was like, girl, leave her alone. It's your fault she had to grow up so fast, right? <laughs> but I love right. that um, she seems like she's aware of it. But also it's like, you're too old for a lot of things too. Like, I'm this way because of you. She seems very self-aware of the situation she's in with this this relationship with her mother. And I thought that was really right. well done. I think Lizzie's very uh, very smart for her age. She, yeah. she knows how to come back and protect herself, which is nice. But the, the sad thing is she was, you know, kind of put in a lifestyle where she was forced to learn that early on, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And it'll probably make her jaded very quickly as an adult. Oh, for sure. And then we get to hear what her, like, uh, dream sequence of her mom talking to her at the end feels like, too. But mm-hmm. we'll get there. Uh, the music continues from the stuffed animal. They stop at a service station with Kathy outside uh, and ask Lizzie to lower down the window. She said, I was going to give you this when we got there. She hands over a watch and says, and Lizzie says, oh, this is grandma's. Why are you giving it to me? She responds, because you're not coming back. She replies, I never said that. But Kathy says, but you're not. And that's one of the big things, too. It's like she's going somewhere to meet her father. And she feels like she's not going to get her child back ever again. That's not sad reality for sure. Yeah. And also, I, I think at this point, it's like I said earlier, it's not relying on exposition. It just wants you to fill in the blanks. And um, it's kind of very early on, it's it's setting these expectations of like the realities of what they know about each other. Like in this in this conversation, we know Kathy is very aware of how bad the relationship is. And I think that's a good touch to start off with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
it's yeah it's a nice hint of what their relationship looks like um but yeah they continue to talk about how much time they have left and if they are going to stop at a certain place that they will only have four more hours to get to their destination we see, we then see kathy begin smoking a cigarette that's when we transition to back to a flashback of her yelling at lizzie to get in the car they're arguing about being late to her play but lizzie doesn't want to go and doesn't want her to be there Cassie says, that's tough shit because she's going. Lizzie wants to just get dropped off and off, and she says, fuck you to her. <laughs> the tough conversation continues as Kathy continues, says, fuck you to her, and Lizzie saying, I hate you, back to her mom. Man, that was a tough scene to watch, too. Yeah, it's heavy, and uh, I believe she, I think Lizzie says something along the lines of, like, don't speak to me like that. Am I right? Yeah, she yeah. definitely does. And it's heavy because, I mean, the actress here, um, Ella, uh, I think it's Valentine. Valentine, uh, yeah. Yeah, she does a really good job with her facial expressions here where she, she's internalizing the the hurt that she's felt hearing her mom say that. Uh, but she knows she needs to put up a, a, a front because clearly when it comes to her mother um, – crying's not really going to do anything right if anything it just shows that she's weak to her mom uh sure so little touches on the acting here um play it up in a better way well for sure i have to say that about this movie too the acting is really well done they both do a great phenomenal job at this yeah these two do but when we later when we get (laughs) to some like side characters i'm shaking my head but we'll talk about that <laughs> uh, Lizzie says that she never cares and she never comes anyways. And she's talking about the play. Kathy then says, "Find your own damn ride," and then drives off. We get one last "fuck you" from Lizzie, and we cut back to them driving. But this time it's nighttime. We get this beautiful pan shot of the car going through the wooded area. We then see a shot of a full moon. Kathy stops the car for another cigarette and asks if she wants to keep going. She responds that her dad will stay up for her and she wants to sleep there. And she then asks Kathy if she's tired. She said that she will be fine and that she thinks it's going to rain, with Lizzie saying she hates thunder. Then then that's when we hear Kathy, Kathy whisper back, saying, I know you do. We cut to them back on the road and now it is raining. Kathy asks if she can smoke and Lizzie agrees only if the window is cracked open. Lizzie asks what time it is. And she says she doesn't know uh, what time it is. She then checks the watch that her mom just gave her and said it was 12.20. We then hear a tire pop and they start to spin out of control in the rain. And we cut to them hitting a wolf in the middle of the street. And that's when we cut to black. So I didn't realize. Sorry to interrupt. I didn't realize the tire popped. I, I, I had thought they just lost control because of the wet ground due to the rain. Um, which makes me feel better about what happened. Um, I thought the whatever they hit hit the side of the uh, car, messing up the tire. Um, because w- when they crashed or when they spun out, I was right. like, mm, were you, like, I think if I remember correctly, they see the wolf. She freaks out. She swerves. I'm like, girl, right. you <laughs> not a good driver, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like it was a um, 
at this point, I, it was feeling a little lazy to me that that was how they got into this situation. But if, if the tire popped, I, I feel a little better about that. Um, but right. continue. Um, yeah, so pretty much, yeah, their tire pops. This man out of control. They hit the wolf. The thunder continues, and we see the silhouette of the wolf on the street in the distance. Uh, we cut to them back in the car, and Kathy is bleeding and hurt, and hurt her wrist while Lizzie is crying. She asks what they should do, and Kathy says that they should call 911. Good move. The yep. car powers off, and we see that the tire has been completely busted. We are back in the car and hear Lizzie on the phone with the police and begins to explain where they are. Uh, Lizzie turns off the phone and says that they are bringing an ambulance and a tow truck. We get a cut out of the car, or we get a cut outside of the car and see that they have begun to stop. It has begun to stop raining. Back in the car, they are looking at what they hit, and Kathy asks if they want to go out. Lizzie says that if it's still alive, it ensures that it hasn't moved for a while. Her mom tries for the door, but it doesn't budge, and asks her to open her side. Lizzie being scared, she opens the door, and they both go outside. We see that they have, they see that they have blood all over their car, and her mom says, don't look. She continues to look at the damage. Lizzie then looks at the blood and then goes back to the dead animal. She tells Lizzie that she should call her father and to have him pick her up wherever they bring her. She tells that Roy will get her in the morning. She calls and lets her dad know the situation. We can tell by the conversation that the dad has that he's asking if she has been drinking, and she explains that she wasn't and she's fine. She explains it was raining and they hit a wolf. We get another flashback of Kathy on the kitchen floor, then pacing around the house. We see a calendar that says, you can do it, mom, with a bunch of days crossed off. We then cut to her going through the garbage outside, finding a bottle with some liquor in it. Sitting on the porch, she is talking to herself that she can fucking beat it and that she should go to bed with the bottle right next to her. Then she begins to drink. You know, She starts to sigh. Yeah, go for it. I just wanted to say retroactively thinking about this movie, I think it does actually do some things pretty well. Um, I yeah. I like when movies don't rely on exposition and they kind of, you know, through dialogue. Um, but it's yeah. a good transition point to have um, Lizzie on the phone with her dad and not hearing what her dad is saying, but you filling in the blanks for like, no, she wasn't. No, really, she wasn't. And you could assume that her father is asking if she was drinking and driving. Um, with that transition to a flashback on the calendar and it's saying, mom, you can do it. You're left to fill in the blanks again until, you know, we cut to her going through the trash and then you see she's looking through bottles. Right. Um, so that's a good touch. And it, it shows. Yeah. I mean, again, this movie really wants to emphasize it is on the the monster in the woods, the creature in the woods is not the only monster we're tackling here. We're tackling the monster abuse and substance abuse and domestic abuse right. against a child, right? Um, and that's where this movie does get interesting and it starts to... It, it really starts to dive into that. But again, like I, I compared it to the Duke earlier, we see the monster of substance abuse and physical abuse manifested into a, a creature most it well it could have been manifested into a creature in this movie but it didn't i would have liked to see some connection to that 
Um, yeah, but no, absolutely. I, I do like how it, it very much conveys a story just through flashbacks. Yeah, they they heavily use the flashbacks to fill a lot of the points in, which I think takes away a little bit for the movie. But they it do can. it in the right way where it's constructive that they're giving the right amount of information to fill in the situation that Lizzie is technically in. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we were talking about. It's like there's definitely different quote unquote monsters in this movie. Yeah. And we see that being tackled little by little, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, cool. Kathy started to drink, sighs, and then continues drinking. Then we cut to Lizzie in her bed now waking up. She goes to her mom's room and sees that she's not there. And then we cut to a passed out mom on the bathroom floor with puke in the toilet. She lays there with her holding her. Kathy opens her eyes, realizing what she has done. End of scene. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a really good shot. Opens. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah. just, it's just it, a really good shot no, no, how we have good. Uh, a like a bird's eye view of um, Kathy laying on the, the floor in her underwear, yeah. but she's just knocked out. Um, and Lizzie coming to hold her, which kind of, with Lizzie not reacting strongly it kind of shows that this isn't the first time and she's fully aware that this is an episode so that's that's where the sense of dread comes in for me where it's like i i I fear things are gonna get worse for this kid um but i don't feel that sense of dread when we see the actual monster so it's interesting Uh, i think so too Yeah, yeah i feel the same way the nice thing about this scene in general of her like holding her mom, that's something like what a mother would do to her child. Oh yeah. So she's like the motherly role in this situation. It's she's a very taking good point. care of her mom where the mom is not really taking care of the child. And when she opens her eyes, I feel like she realizes that too, that she pretty much messes up. That's and a really throughout good point. the movie, she's constantly saying sorry all yeah. the time. Yeah. Which, yeah. Good call. Uh, the new scene opens with them staring at what they hit. They get a close. Uh, they get closer and begin to investigate. Lizzie asks if it's dead, and she responds, "I don't know." And they both agree that it looks dead. Kathy pulls a big fan uh, thing out of its body, and Lizzie says, "We should go back to the car," and she agrees. Back in the car, we see that it's pouring rain again. Mom says the cuts on the wolf aren't all from the crash that she thinks it was fighting something and it doesn't know what it was. We cut to the woods and hear a low growl creeping closer to the car. Lizzie begins to bandage up her own mother's arm at this point. A tow truck finally arrives and she says that maybe he knows where we're going to be taken. Lizzie, looking scared, asks her mom where the wolf went and we see that the camera cuts to where the wolf was and it's gone. Man, that was a pretty good touch too. It was. I like it. Spooky. The tow guy comes up to the car and asks if they are okay. He says that the ambulance will be on their way and they can grab their uh, their stuff and put it in his car and into his truck while they wait. Lizzie is scared to get out and Kathy says that it's uh, probably just crawled out into the woods just to die. The tow guy says his name is Jess, Jesse, and opens the side door. She explains that they hit a wolf and he's not surprised saying that a lot of people don't drive through there and nature just goes through the middle of the road. He then asks where it, where it is, and she responds, it must have gotten up. The camera does a great job to show us an empty spot where the wolf was. 
and where the woods is, and then we continue hearing some growling coming from it. Kathy asks if it's okay for them to stay in their car while they hook up uh, the car to the tow, uh, tow truck. He says, yeah, that's fine. They go back inside as he begins to start working on the car. He explains he has to work on it before he can hook it up. They begin to have a conversation in the car that the wolf would... Uh, that why the wood uh, why the wolf would leave the road. You got a little there. tongue twister there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> why would the wolf leave the road? Uh, that it must have seen them. And Cassie says they must have been running away from something. And then Lizzie asks from what? They are both silent, and Lizzie looks at the fang and says, Dogs don't have teeth like this. They are a lot smaller. Then that's when she asks what time it is again, and she says late. And then that's when we hear the car radio begin to turn on. We see the tow guide continue to work on their car. Kelsey asks where her phone is, and Lizzie said it was in her bag, the bags that were put in the guy's truck. The tow guide goes under the car, and Kelsey tells Lizzie to ask for the phone. She goes outside and asks Jesse what she needs, which is the phone. He says to give him a minute, or you can go get it yourself. That was kind of rude. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking at this point, like... Girl, Kathy, you're telling your daughter, your young daughter, to go out in the rain after, right. you know, this traumatic experience happened. Be a mother. Go out there. Get the phone. I don't understand why you're having her, as in Lizzie, go, out there. go and get the phone. Talk to this stranger of a man. You know, it's a little sus. They're out in the middle of nowhere. I get it. Like, he's a tow truck driver and he's coming to help. But I don't know. At this point, Kathy seems a little pissed that uh, Lizzie left the phone in that bag. More so of like, you made a dumb mistake. I'm going to teach you that you're going to be the one that's going to go and fix it, which is a little annoying to me. Um, I want to yeah. go back, though, to that tooth. That tooth was gnarly, man. What did you think when you saw oh, it? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, seeing this for the first time, it, it's, it looked like, um, it reminded me of like, uh, what was that movie? Jurassic Park with the Velociraptor claw. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like making that discovery. It's like another discovery of like, this, this is not normal. This shouldn't be here. But we're looking at it, and I was like, man, whatever this is, it's going to be big. And I was kind of excited to see what it was going to look like. Because I didn't yeah. watch any trailers or anything, too. So I was like, cool. At this point, when, you know, Lizzie is like, dude, like, a wolf's tooth is not this big. It, it, it really, the way the adult reacts, it, it's taking it out for me. Because as an adult, how do you just ignore something like that, right? I don't know, maybe for you right. and I, we've seen our fair share of horror movies, so we know to be like we know. on caution alert <laughs> if we were to see something like that. But like, as an adult, <laughs> you can't explain a tooth that big, and let alone this wolf is like, it's fucked up, right? But I guess she's assuming it's because they hit it with her car, but I don't know. I, I think flags would go off in my head at that point. Oh, for anybody, to be honest. Yeah. But- yeah, they make a good way. Uh, the movie shows that Lizzie is like the adult in this situation in every yeah. scene. It's like yeah, she's going to be point. the one going outside. She's going to go get the phone. And the child, a.k.a. the mom, stays in the car. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's kind of just reverse roles. Yeah. Well, as she's outside, she continues to go towards the truck. And I just put here, the score is making this scene very frightening. Mm-hmm. She makes it to the truck, but it's locked. She says that she needs the keys. He responds that he'll be there in one sec. She notices the blood on the ground and looks into the woods. We get these great predator shots of Lizzie from the creature's POV 
while hearing some low growls coming from the woods. She begins to get closer to the blood and into the woods. She then sees the dead wolf on the side and yells for her mom. She continues to yell and says that she found the wolf. Her mom can't hear her through the drowned or can't hear her though as she is drowned out by the rain and she's also busy playing around with the lighter. Lizzie says, "Sorry, we hit you," which I thought was kind of <laughs> cute. Yeah, I then felt bad this, though. Oh, <laughs> really quick on that, it really just it, it it grounds it back to she is just a kid, you know. She's talking to this animal that she feels guilty that they hurt. Um and an adult right. for right. the most part won't really do that. I mean, there are adults out there that I could think of that would, but that's very much a childlike tendency to apologize to this animal that's been hurt. Um, but at the same time, in in how caring she is, uh, we have Kathy that is not even worried about where her kid is. Like if if it was my kid, I'd be you know keeping my eye on them because they're out in the rain. There was an accident. There was a there's a wolf right that just right. got hit and could be on the defensive, but. Kathy's just doing her own thing. Complete stranger too. Yeah, and that's what, and and yeah, that's also the case, and that is on my mind. But it's like Kathy's not even keeping an eye on her. I mean, Lizzie straight up walked into the woods, and Kathy didn't even know. Like, if something happened to her, it would have been done like that. But it's sad. Yeah, and what we see next, then we see this awesome shot of her with a big creature behind her growling. She doesn't hear it. We cut back to the dead wolf and then back at her. And then the creature is gone. Nice little reveal before we mm-hmm. see like what it actually looks like. But we see it's big. We see it's very big. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good shot because it looks like it was almost part of the ground in the rain. Like, you know, it looked like wet road um, in the background. And I thought that was a good touch. Right. This reminded me of like the last movie that we talked about, which was Alien. When mm-hmm. Kane gets killed, that's where we get that nice shot of looking at him and then the alien coming from behind him into the shot and then it goes away. Yeah. I like, yeah. Oh, cool. I wonder if they got inspiration from that. Good but callback. Nice shot. Uh, we cut to another flashback and Lizzie is in her room calling under, uh, out beneath under her bed. She asks for her mom and she gets no response. She walks into the living room with her stuffed animal. Her mom is passed out on the couch. Then she goes to the kitchen and grabs something. She goes back to the living room and takes a knife to her mom's throat saying, I hate you and to go away. Wow. What do you think about this scene? This caught me off guard. Yeah, I was really shocked by this uh, because she has a knife up to her her throat. And I was like, oh, right. oh, whoa. I was very not expecting escalated. this. Yeah, it, it did escalate very Out quickly. Out of nowhere. I was like, damn. Um, but I, I think it's more so a representation of just how hurt and damaged this young girl has become. Um, and I mean, I don't know how old she is exactly, but let's say if she's like preteen age, like... Um, I mean, typically, I don't know if I'm even saying this correctly, but like your hormones are probably all out of whack if you're about to go through puberty and all that. And you can't really, not everyone could contain their emotions as well as they could, you know, in comparison to being an adult. Um, but it just shows she's tormented and she she's explosive. And I mean, she probably learned a lot of that from her mother too. Oh, for sure. She's starting to reflect anger that she sees in her life going through herself at this mm-hmm. point essentially yeah 
learning how to hate someone, learning how to not be abusive, but getting close to that point of going that far. Yeah, I mean, kids, yeah, because kids, when they're developing, their brains are sponges, right? And if you are abused as a kid, you're going to normalize that and you're going to have violent tendencies a lot of the time. And if you're emotional or upset, you will kind of reflect what has been done to you as a child. So I can't blame the kid. It's it's not right um, because it's it's an issue with safety for her and her mother. But I think it just, it's again, the movie not relying on exposition and using environmental storytelling with its flashbacks to really show the torment that's gone on. Oh, completely agree. And this next part too, it was really cool. It's like, uh, we hear thunder and we transition back to the present using the thunder, which I was like, oh, yeah, that's a nice little touch. Uh, the yeah. tow man is still working on the car and Lizzie gets back inside. She said that she found the wolf in the woods and something ate it. We hear the growling continue and the man continuing to work under the car and then he starts to hear it too. Under the car, he begins to move the flashlight around to see if he sees anything as he's continuing to hear the growls get closer and closer. Back in the car, they are talking about what it could be. And Cassie says, don't be scared. It won't come after people. <laughs> She's wrong a lot in this movie. Yeah. I just want to point that out. Uh, Lizzie asks if she promises, and she says that she does promise. Then she asks where the ambulance is, and she begins to yell at Jess, saying, let's go, but here's no response. Lizzie asks where he is, and she says he's down there. And she replies, "Why?" Uh, she replies, "Why won't he answer?" Then we cut back to under the car, but now this time we only see a flashlight under there with no Jesse. Mom starts honking, but still no answer from Jesse. She says that she's going out there, and Lizzie and her begin to fight about it. She ultimately gets out of the car and begins to look around while Lizzie looks from the car. She looks under the car and only sees the flashlight again. She yells out his name. Lizzie asks where is she, but her mom just continues to look around until she hears a branch break. She starts to, she begins to hear the growling coming from the woods and asks, are you out there? Thinking it's Jesse. <laughs> we cut back with Lizzie looking out from the window. Then bang, we see a limb from Jesse hit the window, scaring her, and we realize it's his arm. Yeah. Damn. This so, reminded me of Jurassic Park a lot. <laughs> At this point, we, we get an idea that this monster is feeding, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And this definitely reminded me of the T-Rex scene. It's like raining, the girls in the Jeep, and then we see the yeah. limb from the the goat yeah. fall onto the car. I was like, that's a nice little throwback. I'm guessing yeah. they got that from that. They must have. Oh, Yeah. We see her mom run back to the car, seeing what it was, and looks at the arm and looks afraid. We transition to them back inside, and her comforting Lizzie this time, saying the ambulance is coming soon. She says that she wants her daddy, and she says that she's right here, and she responds, she doesn't uh, She doesn't care. <laughs> she's like, I don't care. And I'm like, damn, right. girl. But yeah, I mean, like, why? <sighs> why would your daughter feel safe around you? After everything exactly. that you put her through, you are a monster in your own, right? This is just another right. monster that she needs to face with, face, but she's just not aware of yet. 
this is the first time we actually see her comfort her own child at this point too, mm-hmm. which is strange and expects some type of reaction from her saying like, oh yeah, I'm here to protect you. But it's like, she was the one protecting herself all the way up to this point. Yeah. Like, and you could, you could tell Kathy's like, like she's pushing it. She's like, I'm here. Why aren't you reacting positively or feeling better or not asking for your dad? I'm here. But she's, Lizzie's just like, you ain't going to do shit. Right. She's, it to shows that point, she hasn't proven herself. Yeah. And it shows that Lizzie's lost all reliability in her and her mom. Right. I mean, she promised that this is not going to hurt people. Yeah. Way. There you go. <laughs> uh, she explains that she could have died and she never listens to her. Kathy begins to try to turn the car on. Then we see Jesse crawling by his tow truck. Lizzie tells her mom to look outside. We see that Jesse is continuing to crawl, and Lizzie asks what they should do, and she replies, I don't know. We see him reach his truck and tries to pull himself up. The door is locked still, and he begins to get his keys out. Lizzie then says that she can see it, and we cut back to outside and see the monster right behind him. I got to ask it you, Freddie. Yeah. I got to ask you. Let's say you're in the situation. You're a young mom. <laughs> you have your daughter in the car. What would you do Ooh. if you see this tow truck driver that was there to help you crawling to get to his truck? What would you have done? Because Kathy here is saying, I don't know what to do. What would you have done? Right. So it depends. This was before she saw the monster outside. If I saw that man crawling outside, I would have run out there and tried to help him. Okay. That being said, if I saw the monster first and then saw him crawling, I would maybe double think about going outside. Well, let, I hate let's to say that. But yeah, at the same I time, mean, it's like, seeing the size of that thing, I was like, I don't know if I can protect myself or that guy <laughs> at the same time. That's, that's a really good point. But let's let's give you the context of what we have through the film, right? Let's say... You're you've experienced Jesse gone missing, missing, and now and right before that, his arm being thrown to your windshield. With that context, and you see him crawling back to his truck. You're a young mom with a daughter in the car. What would you do? Mm, I mean, like I said, if you got to pick one, eh, you got to pick one. What would you do? If I didn't see the monster first, I'd still go get him. Even knowing the stuff that happened previously. Does that mean that, that I don't see the creature right now? Yeah. I don't know what size it is, but I see someone that needs help. I don't see the threat level of going out there and helping that person first. That's commendable. I, 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 I People may not like my answer, but I'm like, yo, my, if I got a kid, that's the priority. I can't risk me being there to protect my kid for someone uh, because I, she was like, I don't oh, know what to fair. do. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, girl, stay there and protect your kid. That's your priority. Like, it sucks, right? It but- sucks. I get that. I, I would want to help someone that was in trouble. But like, with everything that's, that's happened, sure. I'm just like, dude, I can't risk something happening to my your supposed answer kid. might be better than mine. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that are listening and be like, yeah, they're gonna be like, oh, I agree with you, David, or nah, Freddie's right. You know. I mean, hey, that's a good question, you guys. Let us know on Twitter. (laughs) We would love to hear it. Uh, As we continue, we see that the monster turns and faces him now at this point with its huge, big mouth filled with teeth. And we see how big those fangs really are now. 
Yep. We then see him finally getting the door open, but falls to the ground. We see that Kathy has begun to honk at him to try to warn him to look behind him. He tries to get back up, and then we cut to both of them yelling for him to turn around at this point and continue to honk. We see that the monster has vanished, and they are wondering where it is. Back to Jesse on the ground, we see him freaking out because he starts to hear the creature's noise around him. He looks to his feet and then gets begin, uh, and begins to get dragged under his own truck. And we hear a bunch of different type of sounds of pure carnage. Kathleen holding on to Lizzie at this point, we see that Jesse fully goes under his own truck, meeting his demise. Kathleen tells her daughter, it's okay. And she replies, it's not. She's what real, dude. Scene. Yeah, I mean, she, she knows she knows the reality of the situation because she's seen some shit already through her life, right? I'm talking about Lizzie here, saying it's it's not. Yeah, um, and I like that. I like that her character has not only has this character been forced to grow up and in a real life danger situation. I say real life, but we're talking about a monster here. Um, she's she's more so of a realist and. And this shit going yeah. down. Uh, while she's very aware that her mom is just lying to her to make to make her feel a little bit better. Yeah, she doesn't need to feel better about it. She she's mature enough at her own age to realize when things are wrong, it's wrong. It's yeah. not be blinded like a child. Because mm-hmm. at this point, she's not. That's crazy. And then one of the more heartbreaking scenes comes up right now. A new flashback begins. We hear her mom and Roy arguing over where the beer is. We see Lizzie down in the basement hiding in her fort. We then hear both of them yelling for her and Roy begins to go downstairs. He destroys the fort and yells at her where they are. Her mom says don't yell at her and then begins yelling at her at that same time while they're both yelling at her. We hear her stuffed animals singing the kids songs. She puts her hand out and says give them to me. Roy says shit, takes his keys out and says that the store closes in 8 minutes and he rushes off. Kathy, being super angry about the situation, smacks Lizzie across the face and leaves. Lizzie sits there and cries as the stuffed animal continues to play its tune. This Damn. broke my heart. Um, I, I don't take well in seeing kids being abused. It's something that's always been really hard oh, for me to, yeah. to stomach. And I'm sure it is for a lot of people, right? It's not something that should ever happen. Um, but man, at this point, seeing this, not only... Did I fucking hate Roy the second he started running down or hearing him yell? Um, oh, for sure. I hated Kathy just as much. I I wanted to. I just wanted something bad to happen to them once I saw that. Right. And some people may call me a little extreme for saying that. But like you can't ever treat a child like that. And let alone without the hitting. Just putting poor Lizzie in that situation, man. That's. That has so many detrimental I effects know. on a child, and it's just—it's heartbreaking to see. I just—I just hate it. I hate the hard that part. During the scene, she after the mom leaves, she's calling out for her mom. Yeah, because that's the uh, only person she can really call out to. Yeah, she was the one that did it, but mm-hmm. she's left alone with literally her stuffed animal singing, and we all fall down, being the the lullaby. Uh, yeah, I forget what the song is, but it's yeah, it's sad. And this is over alcohol, of course. Yeah. So it brings back to their substance abuse and how much they really need it. And they will go crazy even against their own daughter to do so. 
Yeah. Which, yeah, sad. Uh, new scene starts. We're back with the car and it's raining. Kathy is holding her and she asks, what was that? And she explains she doesn't know. She asks if the monster, if monsters are real or not, and that monsters are not real. That she said, then she replies, she was wrong. That monsters are real indeed. She mm-hmm. says that she doesn't want to die, which is, oh, man, that was heartbreaking to say too. Yeah, it's heartbreaking just to hear, but you could also see it in Lizzie's facial expression. And this is a, a another, um, this is another prop, like props I'm giving to Ella Ballantine or Ballantine, I, excuse me. Um, because earlier in the episode, I had shared that the facial expression that she mm-hmm. conveys when her mom shouts, fuck you, right? You see the hurt internalizing expressed through her face. But when she starts crying and saying, I don't want to die, in her facial, in her facial expression, she's conveying the internalization of like, holy shit, I'm a young kid and I could die right now. And you, it, I got to give props to the act- actress because she, she does it yeah. so well. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of those things too where like the movie made me think she could die at any moment too. Like the movie could go there at any point. I was like, dang, I hope not. Yeah. But the movie really conveys a lot like, no, they are in very much danger. And when we go into it more... <laughs> I was surprised where they went with this because I thought the movie was about to end almost immediately right now, too. I was like, dang, this escalated. I had the same feeling. We we move on. We move on. She explains that the truck door is open, and if they get his keys, they can get out of here. She said that she will take a peek, and she will stay in the car. We get a shot of the open door of the truck. We start to hear the stuffed animal go off, and they try to silence it. She says to be still and stay quiet and stay here. She says it's going to come back, and if she responds, it's okay. We get a shot of her mom silencing her with a quick shh. And that's when we get this awesome jump scare of the monster breaking through the car window and grabbing her out of the car. That shocked me. I was surprised that even happened. Yeah, I, I, it shocked me as well, too, because the movie hadn't been going there, you know, up until this point. Um and that's what I was expecting right, yeah. to happen more often throughout the film. But because it was so delayed, it actually did catch me by surprise. Yeah, at this point, we think their car is like the safe haven. That's where they can go back yeah. to to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And the movie's just like, no, not at all. And, and, and the, yeah, the, the two treat it as such as well. They, they treat the car as, we're in the car, we're good. We just got to stay low. Um, but this thing, this monster very much knows they're in there. Right. And doesn't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah. in the car, cool. Let me show you how I can get you out. <laughs> uh, we see the monster starting to attack her like crazy, and Lizzie is yelling for her. We see the ambulance afar finally arriving with its sirens blaring. We get this awesome shot of the monster seeing the ambulance and running off. Lizzie yells for her and then yells for help as the paramedics get out and then gets them inside the ambulance. She begins to yell to get out of here and that they have to leave. We cut to another paramedic asking for more backup and asking for animal control, witnessing Jesse's severed arm. Kathy apologizes several times to Lizzie and says they will be going out of here soon. I The other paramedic, yeah. I have to add that these paramedics 
annoyed me that they just wanted to stay there. Um, because I, I think if you're in a situation, I mean, much respect to, you know, EMTs and paramedics. I am nowhere near being educated on any field of any medical field, but in a movie scenario, right? I would think, yo, this person yeah. screaming, we got to get out of here. They're all beat up and bloody. Clearly some trauma has happened. You might want to listen to them and just like head on out, get to a safe area of someone saying that there should be a precaution, a procedure to uh, be precautious if something like that were to happen. But they were just ignoring Kathy. Everything. And, and yeah. I was like, this is where it felt very tropey for a horror film for me because they're just like, oh, what's over there? I'm looking in the woods. Let me flash my flashlight over here. And I'm like, come on, guys. Right. They're doing stuff that's not part of their job. Their job is to get their, you know, the patients out of there to go yeah. to a hospital to make yeah. sure they're okay. So it's kind of funny that you say that. It's like, yeah, they were there to literally pick them up and bring them to the hospital, but they continued to stay there and investigate, which is like, they're not the cops. Don't do that. Don't be those yeah. dummy dumbs. Please get inside <laughs> the car and leave. Yeah. Um, and of course, we'll, we'll see what happens. The other paramedic that was inside the ambulance goes outside to tell the other one to get going. We begin to hear growls from the woods again. They hear the monster from the ambulance, and she tells her daughter softly, close the door. She repeats it one more time as she takes the IV bag out of her. We see the paramedic coming back into the ambulance, but one of them is missing. She asks to get them out of here, and she responds, I need you to keep calm. As soon as she says that, we get a big slam on the windshield. It's the body of the other paramedic. Mm -hmm. Then we begin to hear the monster on top of the ambulance. We see Kathy extend her hand to try to grab the other paramedic to safety, but it's too late. The monster grabs her and starts killing her. Kathy begins to hit it with the flashlight, and the monster turns to her growling. This is when we get the best look of the monster. It's got a huge body. It's super rigged. It's all muscle completely dark black and has huge teeth that's yeah. the best way i can kind of describe it i was like it's eh. a good description um at this point <laughs> we're we're getting kind of trope after trope right that reaching out to the hand uh and before the, getting grabbed yeah. yeah and just being too slow or not just getting up to move over and then uh, a lot of it i'm just like at this point it's it's starting to lose points for me um and then we also will follow up with another trope of the monster's afraid of light and yeah, um, this is it's where it's done before. Yeah, and it's been done better, right? Um, I'm gonna go with the symbolic ways, like you shine the light on the monsters in our life to really defeat it, you know. And that, you know what, you just you you I'll gave it some trick. points for me. I actually, now that you put it in that way, in that context, I'm like, I'll give it some points back. But uh, I was once I was you give for light more. to the situation that's monstrous. Then it doesn't have as much power anymore. <laughs> see, I'm changing my voice now because of it. <laughs> but I, maybe they're going that route too. It's like, oh yeah, because they give the power to Lizzie later on of her using the light to fight the monster and not being afraid of it. Hence her fighting her own monsters in her life and going past it as well. Very good call I'll, out. I'll take it that way. I'll take it that yeah. way. Yeah. I, I think that's a good to call go out. With that? I don't know. <laughs> I can think about the 81% the critics gave it and see why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get this nice face off until it jumps out, taking the body of the paramedic with it. Kathy jumps to the driver's seat and begins to drive away. 
They start to celebrate, but the monster smashes the ambulance, making them crash down a hill, and we fade to black. Man, that was a very brutal crash, too. It was hardcore. Tumbling. Yeah, and it it, it, it kind of made me go, ugh, if only... I mean, this is just me being tough on the movie at this point, but I was like, girl, if only you had a better true. grip on the wheel, like, you know, focus, keep it on the road, but, you know, that's just me being hard on the movie it's again. Like, you crashed two cars now in this movie. I know, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. So, uh, next next scene opens with the crashed ambulance. We see a injured Lizzie getting up. She sees her mom passed out and asks for her to wake up and open her eyes. Thankfully, she begins to wake up as well, asking for help. She says that they have to get back and get away. They get to the back of the ambulance and check themselves out. They can't even tell whose blood is whose. Kathy reaches for the radio, but it's just static. She finally continues to ask for help but eventually just drops the radio on the ground. We cut to them outside and hear the monster growling. The monster is trying to get in... Oh, wait. Yeah, there we go. Then they are back inside to the ambulance to go into safety, but that's when they hear a big bang. The monster is now trying to get inside. And I just put here the sound mixing of the... like the metal of the ambulance and the monster. I was like, the sound mixing was really good at this point. Hmm. Did you listen to it with headphones? Scary it sounded. Uh, I mean, I just put my volume all the way up when I watch movies. So I got it. (laughs) Maybe that's why experience. Because I would say it didn't really uh, call out to me. Like I didn't notice it. Um, But maybe I just maybe I should have turned it up a little bit more. Had headphones on. Yeah, as you guys know, movie theaters are not open. So I was trying to make it a movie theater experience in my own room. So I got that. (laughs) Got that audio blasting at me. I respect it. But yeah, I, I was like, yeah, this is pretty good sound mixing. You can hear a lot of bangs. You hear a lot of like metallic sounds. You hear the growling. You hear the shrieking. So I was like, okay, I can see how scared it would be just hearing it and not seeing it. But that's when we see the monster get in from the back. She shines the flashlight in its face, and it doesn't like it and goes away. We still hear it growling from the woods, though. We cut to Kathy, uh, Kathy coughing up blood in front of the ambulance at this point. She sees a flash of Lizzie on a car ride, and then other memories go through her head as well. She says that they need to make a fire and needs Lizzie to get to the road to get away. She grabs a hammer and tells her to take it. She says we can't go out there. And she begins to explain when they come, they won't know that they're here and that they can't see us down here. She wraps a piece of cloth around a piece of wood and says that she has a plan. That she needs her to be brave. The braver that she has ever become. Then she can distract it with fire. As she explains her plan, we see her with a lit torch in her hand. She says, I can get it to follow me and you can get away. She says, it will get you. And she says, no, it will be afraid. Monsters don't like the light. That's the that's what the night lights are for. And I feel like this is, was going back to like that thing I was talking about. I think the light is a metaphor of shining the light on the monsters that are in our life. I don't know how you feel about it, but I was like, I can see where they're going with it. Well, when when she said that, I was like, oh, she's calling out our podcast. Thanks for the shout out, girl. <laughs> Nightlight. <laughs> that's what night lights are for. We, we scared the monsters away for you guys. I hope you appreciate that. That's why we always say, don't forget your nightlight. Spoopy boys out. (laughs) (laughs) 
she says, you are lying to me. And she says, no. But then she eventually says, yes. She admits that she is lying for the first time. We see her then go into the woods with the torch as she still explains the plan in the ambulance. She says, listen to me. I'm going to die real soon, whether I go out there or not. She says that she can't die. And you are the reason why. And, and she responds, you are the reason why I'm here. When I call for you, I need you to run as fast as you can. Don't look back, no matter what happens. And I just put here, this seems like a very nice, heartfelt moment. It's a heartbreaking moment. This, this is the is, first I, time she's taken responsibility to take care of her child. It's yeah, I think... sacrifice herself for that. Yeah, and I think she's she's really coming to action of what it means to be a mother, right? And sacrificing whatever it takes to keep your child safe and... Uh, it's growth. It's it's. We'll later talk about how this is coming of age for Lizzie, but in a sense, it kind of also is for Kathy because she probably didn't really get to grow up having a kid so young. What we presume to be very young because she already looks young. Um, so again, I think what people really like about this film is this complicated relationship between these two. I completely agree. Yeah. It's one of those things too, like later on when we talk about it, about how she deals with the monster, this is where the movie kind of lost it for me. Cause I was like, uh, we'll, we'll get into it when I'll, I'll tell you what point I was okay. like, uh, this is kind of dumb, but <laughs> overall it's not bad. Lizzie says that she will go get help and come back to save her. She says, that's our plan. And I like that. We cut back to her in the woods and yells for Lizzie to be ready. And she doesn't and she says that she doesn't want to leave. She yells, I'm here to the monster, and if it's scared. We hear her growling and shriek towards her. She says, Lizzie, be ready. She begins to lower the torch and puts it out and tells her to run. This is the part I did not like. I didn't either. Why why did you put out the torch? She didn't I mean- have to die right then and there. Yeah, like she, I, I totally see where you're coming from because I was thinking the same thing. At least I think you and I are thinking the same thing. I was thinking of if you're going to sacrifice yourself, keep the fire on you as long as you can, distract this monster, take right. it far away, and make some distance between you and your child. Another situation I thought of was keep this torch, take your daughter, and just go as far as you can. Even if you're dying, like with her. Yeah, right. don't don't give up so easily. Um, and also you're really relying on this young girl that just went through all this shit tonight to make it out in the forest, like in the dark, in the rain, like she's probably better off with you. Um, right. but yeah, I, I started, give her the I started losing it here. Give her the fire. Like you go distract it by running off by yourself with no torch at all and give her, her the torch, which gives her a fighting chance. Something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I agree There's with a you. a lot of ways they could have gone about it. But yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, doing so, the monster attacks her, throwing her around the woods and taking large bites into her. It's brutal, and the monster even gets a few bites into her own neck. Then we see Lizzie come attack the monster. Yeah. Pointing the flashlight, the monster runs away. What? <laughs> that kind of lost me a little bit too. Yeah, I had to agree. It's sad to see, and especially because like this kid is, you know, has to witness her mother's death. But at the same time, her not following through the plan or running away is that she's not ready to say goodbye to her mom. And I think that's what that's representing. Right. Um, but again, agree. 
like, why not just go keep the flashlight on you? Like, it's better to die that way than kind of dying the way that Kathy did, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree with the point that it shows that she cares for her mom eventually, that mm-hmm. she doesn't want to say goodbye, that she does care for her, even after all of the trauma that she got put into by her own mom. She she loves her mom. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. Uh, she grabs her mom, asking her to please get up. Her mom continues to say, I'm sorry. She cries for her to not go. Her mom is now dead, and she hears the monster still. She says she has to go to her mom. She picks up the lighter and says, I love you, as she leaves. Finally coming full circle from I hate you to I love you again. Showing that she really did care for her, which is nice. Yeah. We see her crawling slowly on the ground and hears the monster near her. She gets back in the ambulance and starts to cry. She begins. She picks up the lighter and then lights it up and then picks up a spray can. You can definitely tell she has an idea in her head. We begin to hear some thumping outside. She gets her stuffed animal and starts opening the compartment inside the ambulance. We hear the monster begin to growl. She gets in the compartment and grabs the lighter and can. Then she grabs the stuffed bear and plays the music from it and throws it inside the ambulance. Then she begins to hide inside that compartment. We hear the monster and then we see it go inside. It's confused and annoyed and gets uh, and starts to destroy the stuffed uh, teddy bear playing the music. She slowly opens the compartment up and sneaks out the front. The monster turns around and they have this nice face off of just the two of them. She says, I'm not afraid of you. Then she says it again. She then says, come on, and gets the lighter and spray can ready. That's when she sets the monster ablaze and it's caught on fire. The monster on fire is crying and finally falls to the ground. She stares at it and sees that the monster is still on fire. She stares at it for a little while more and then the monster gives one last shriek. She picks up a stick and beats it to death again until she gets tired. (laughs) At this point, it is finally dead. At this point, I started losing it a little bit, losing my immersion. Um... What really kind of like irks me about this is if it made me... F- well, actually, no. It makes me feel like Kathy died for nothing. If True. if True. Lizzie could have thought about this plan earlier, her and her mom could have done it together and killed the beast if it would have went down so easily, right? Um, I I think that's something that someone would but think of first before... Yes. This is a this this movie's not about a monster. It's the metaphor of what the monster is. <laughs> no, you're right. Um also what took it out of it for me was when she was just standing there and saying, I'm not afraid of you. I felt like it was a little dragged out and the monster was just standing there. When in every situation right. prior we've seen this monster to be quick and agile and straight to the point in attacking and without being seen. And it felt very tropey to me. Um so no, I completely agree with that. And yeah. and not only one of those things it's like it's straight out of a scary movie that we've seen yeah. several times before. And not only to mention as well that you know kill it with fire. That's been since the the dawn of horror has been the case of destroying the monster, right? So fire is its weaknessness. 
we were literally the last three movies that, or we three movies that we talked about last: the thing, the alien, and this movie, all trying to kill the monster with fire. Yeah, it's a thing. It it's is common. It is. It's safe. Yeah, for sure, man. But hey, it finally died. <laughs> uh, we begin to hear some soft music as we transition back to daytime. We see her flashback of her mom being kind to her, says, hey, little girl. And she responds, I'm not little, and responds back, I know. Then her mom says, shh, don't be mad. She asks if she hates her, and she says, I don't hate you. And she says I, the same thing back to her. They Then says, you are going to do so much better than me, and just wait and see. Then she will be able to do whatever she wants. She responds, I just want you which is sad. And this is, is when we don't realize it's a flashback now. It's a dream. A mm-hmm. dream sequence of her mom accepting her and loving her and saying that she will be a better person than herself. Wow. Then we cut to her walking in the woods with the voice over. My mom tells me there's no such thing as monsters, but she is wrong. They are out there waiting for you, watching. They're in the dark, sometimes where you see them, Sometimes where you don't. I know that now. She reaches a field, says, I'm not afraid anymore. And that's when we cut to black and get the title, The Monster. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And credits. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, I think this would be a fun movie to watch with a group of friends. I watched it alone. And because of that, I was, you know, kind of just waiting for things to happen. I think it would have been fun to watch in the dark with a group of friends, with some snacks. Um, And, you know, you and I sitting down virtually to talk about the movie, I had a lot more, I had a lot more fun doing that than actually watching the movie. And that's usually the case with me. It's a fun movie to break down. Yeah, exactly. It's a fun movie to break down. um, And I think that's where it does make it worthwhile to watch. I completely agree. I think one of this these movies are like it's really good because I can see where the director was going. I feel like it could have been executed a little bit better. I feel like it could be a little bit more entertaining. And I feel like it could have been a little bit more smart. Some of the decisions, it was kind of like we were saying, very cliche. We've seen it before. So it didn't stand up by itself. Mm-hmm. But would I recommend this to someone? Yeah, it's a fun watch. It's on Netflix. You guys can stream it right now. Uh, so I would definitely suggest it to someone. But would I have someone go pay for this movie? Probably not. I agree with but you. But I do like this movie overall. It, it, yeah. it was a nice watch. I don't feel like I wasted my time, and I feel like I got something out of it. And it's made by one of my favorite studios, A24. And I feel like they continue making at least decent, if not great, films. So still, I don't think they have made a bad film, which is I think crazy this is, to say. I think this is a good film for those that maybe nervous about watching horror films i think this is one that's easy for mainstream movie fans to stomach and those that typically like balance when a movie just gets too intense for them um that's why i said it'd be fun with a group of friends like if i were to watch this with someone that doesn't handle horror all that well i would love to see the reactions and see them tense up that's why i love watching horror with people um but yeah, I think it's it for you, people like you and I. It, it probably won't get us spooped all that much, but right. for this is a for, great beginner film for horror fans. Yeah, that's a good way to horror. put it. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, this is your starter kit movie. 
you could definitely <laughs> start getting into horror movies with this because it fits a lot of tropes. You can dive deep into other films knowing that. Well, I do got some movie facts. Movie facts? Hey, not a lot. This movie only has five movie facts, sadly, but I'll go through them all. So a paved stretch of road with working street lamps was built in the woods by the production crew just to use for this film. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. There was a moment in the film where I'm like, huh, this is like a abandoned old road, but there's very modern street lamps here. So that's funny that that's a movie fact because I totally noticed that in the movie. There's a lot of them. Yeah. So Jesse was right. Not a lot of people drive down that road because that road doesn't exist. So yeah, good <laughs> for you, Jesse. He gave us the movie fact before it was a movie fact. Yeah. Uh, talking about casting, Elizabeth Moths was originally cast as Kathy. That would have been mm. good. I'm a big fan of hers. She killed yeah. in The Invisible Man. Yeah, uh, I, I like so that movie. This kind of verifies that it was a very symbolic movie because this movie was previously titled There Are Monsters. Oh, damn. And I feel like... That is a big thing. It's like, it's not the monster. There are monsters as like, there is monsters in our own worlds that we have to deal with. Yeah, I think that, that. I I think that would have been a better title, but I think it would have gone over a lot of people's head. Right. And then we were talking about, what's his name? Was it Roy, the boyfriend or husband of hers? Roy was like the boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. The asshole. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, he was played by Scott Speedman, who also starred in another film. Directed by Brian Bertino, The Strangers, which was the husband. Oh, damn. You're right. I didn't even recognize him. No, I didn't notice that. Damn. That's cool. So, yeah, this director likes to keep his actors, which I like. (laughs) Not bad. Respect. Played an asshole, though. Yeah, he did. And you brought it up in this movie, and I'm glad you did because I was reading the fun fact before we recorded. I was like, oh, I'm glad David brought this up. So, (laughs) bringing it full circle. The artwork for this movie poster resembles that of the Babadook, 2014. In roughly mm. the same tones, their order is in reverse. The Babadook cover has a white background with the creature in black, taking over the screen, foreshadowing the movie premise. As the monster has a black background with the creature in white and gray carved in, foreshadowing this movie's premise. Also like the Babadook, the movie portrays a troubled mother and their child relationship. Now so, that's a movie fact. I'm glad you brought that up, man. I was like, oh, David knew. He knew this was going to be a <laughs> I didn't guy. know, but I love how uh, <laughs> fluid that was. See, we know our movies. We could tell there's like contrasting with the different movies and stuff like that. Damn, you, you just know. boosted Nightlight my ego. It's the best podcast out there. <laughs> you just boosted my ego. <laughs> but you guys... Please let us know how you guys feel about this movie on Twitter at Goodnight Live. That's night with a K. Um, I just want to say our next movie will be um, ooh, A Quiet Place, continuing our Creature Feature Month, which we're excited. really excited about. I've never seen it. Can't wait for that movie. <gasps> no way. I'm so happy I've for never you. seen it. I wish yeah, I could so... see it for the first time again. <laughs> It'll so be fun. fun. But get ready for that for next week. Uh, thank you for tuning on to this one. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as Nighty Night. Alongside me, we had David. Stay spoopy. And of course, we are still wishing the head knight, Prince, congratulations on your daughter, Ellie. I love you. Congrats, you three. I don't know. (laughs) We are happy that you're coming to this earth. Very, very Uh, happy. 
Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend the podcast to someone you know that would enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. And that's night with a what? Okay. Love it. By pledging on Patreon, you will have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry about it. A new episode will release every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.